0: Many physicians are arguing that they do not believe in the amyloid hypothesis. They said, we've tried it for so many years, this is not it.
1: Hi there, I'm Michael C. Patterson, co-founder and CEO of MindRamp Consulting and Coaching, and your host for the MindRamp Podcasts. Today, we're going to be talking with Angel Duncan. Angel Duncan has an interesting background as a researcher who has worked on clinical trials trying to find drugs to treat Alzheimer's disease, as well as extensive experience in psychology and art therapies. I thought it would be valuable to get Angel's perspective on the best way to deal with dementia and Alzheimer's. We discuss why drug trials have failed... Most of these trials were based on the amyloid hypothesis, which it turns out was probably not the best way to approach the problem. And we discuss alternative approaches to coping with dementia that are proving more successful. New, but the Alzheimer's drug testing has been a a failure pretty much. We haven't found any drug that does anything substantial to uh, treat Alzheimer's. Is that that a fair statement?
0: It is a fair statement. We've gotten very good. I mean, you know, we first knew about Alzheimer's in 1906. We're in 2020. I mean, that really shows you how complex the brain is, you yeah. know, where it's not centralized. Like with cancer, it's like you're centralizing this area, you get to your brain and there's so many things that are, you got these foreign elements going through the blood brain barrier that's attacking. So it's like, well, what is it happening? What's triggering that? So it's there, it's just such a complex disease. What we have gotten better at is diagnostics. Um, so diagnostic wise, it is, we were very good at being able to say, you know what, you're on an Alzheimer's track or you have what's called myocognitive impairment prodromal, mm.
1: you have
0: MCI prodromal, which means you have it and it, it's brewing up in the pot and you're going to tip over. So we're monitoring those people too. The treatment wise has been, and it has, it's been a lot of failure after failure. And it's been very disappointing because they're primarily been focusing only on tau and amyloid, right? Whereas some, many, many physicians are arguing that they do not believe in the amyloid hypothesis. They said, we tried it for so many years. This is not it.
1: Can you explain what the amyloid hypothesis is?
0: So amyloid, we all have it. Mm-hmm. It's not like it just occurs. We all have it in our bodies. Um, scientists aren't 100% sure on, on its function. You know, we don't know exactly what it does, but we know we all have it and it does serve a purpose, Um, But what happens is that you get too much of this amyloid triggered in the brain. That's killing cells inside. It's inside. So you have your cell and an amyloid happens inside the cell. It's like a, you know, protein. And then we have tau TAU that forms on the outside of the cell that Mm -hmm. also kills neurons. So you're getting it from the inside and the outside. So it's a double whammy, but the amyloid hypothesis is that, is that amyloid is causing Alzheimer's disease. So we need to stop amyloid. That's kind of the amyloid hypothesis. Whereas, so many now are arguing it's not just that. We think that there may be another catalyst that's triggering the amyloid.
1: As I understand it, a lot of the drug testing was to try to go in after there's a large accumulation of amyloid and see if you can get it out.
0: Exactly. We did, yeah. It's like it's like you know when you go to the dentist and they're scraping the plaque off your teeth. But getting it out
1: of the body once it's already been established has not worked. Is that correct?
0: No. I mean, there's been some trials where we thought this was it. We really thought this was like the miracle drug and this was it because it was showing a lot of promise, Um, but it ultimately fell because it didn't quite meet the numbers. I I personally feel after, after 18 years of, of being in this field, I think that it's more than just amyloid. I think it's a number of things that are happening personally.
1: It seems like one of the controversies about amyloid is, is it a cause or is it a symptom of damage in the brain? And mm-hmm. to my reading of the research, the balance of the thinking is that it's it's a symptom of other kinds of damage going on, which speaks to your whole thought about early intervention and prevention. Yeah. It's like doing stuff early on so that you prevent the accumulation of, of amyloid and town. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Now there's push to look at preventative, you know, since we're able to say, you know, you are on a track that may possibly develop Alzheimer's and lifestyle factors is a big one. I'm a firm believer that our lifestyle factors really either are going to help increase or decrease the risk. It's not going to prevent. There's nothing that's going to prevent it. Um, And I'm a stickler for people who say, oh, this is going to prevent it. That's that's not fair to say that for people who do kind of go by the book. Um, but there are things you can do to reduce your risk. And I think lifestyle factors play a huge portion in that.
1: Let me go a little bit deeper on that, 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 uh, you're not going to prevent it when you and, I, and other scientists say that what it signals to me is like, everybody is going to get Alzheimer's if they live yeah. long enough. Is that what you're saying?
0: The risk is higher. Not everybody is not a hundred percent, but you, the, the, we do know that age is a factor mm-hmm. and we are living longer. So, you know, and it's interesting because there's this there's this fantastic chart that I love that um, shows heart disease, prostate cancer, breast cancer, HIV, AIDS. Those are going down.
1: Hmm. Alzheimer's
0: is going up. So you see this graph of going here, but there's Alzheimer's going up. And why is that? Well, age is a factor. We're living longer, but we also have sleep problems. Diabetes, heart disease. We have issues that are contributing to our brain health.
1: Metabolic syndrome, obesity.
0: Inflammation. Mm. That's a big I, I I'm a firm believer that inflammation is probably the root of most disease.
1: You're not alone in that. I keep hearing that. I think that yeah. you know that's something that we really need to pay attention to. Oh, explain the, the blood brain barrier, just for listeners here.
0: We all have a blood brain barrier, which is basically designed to protect your brain from foreign elements to come in and screw with your neurons and your cells. However, you know, there are foreign elements that still can get through it. And these, these um,
1: are transported by the, the uh, circulatory system. So yes, in the blood.
0: Exactly. Like um like inflammation for example, there's some there's some theories that it actually starts from gut bacteria that leaks out through your gut through your bloodstream and actually goes up and gets up to the brain and actually passes through the blood brain barrier and disrupts your, your neuro, your neural health.
1: This is why apparently it's important that when we eat, we think about feeding the good bacteria in our gut
0: because if exactly.
1: we don't do it, we get this leaky gut syndrome where toxins are leaking out of the gut into the bloodstream, like you're saying. Yeah.
0: I mean, diet is diet's is. Diet is crucial. It's very important that we're, we're limiting sugar, limiting salt, limiting processed foods, additives, all that crap.
1: Yeah. Vulnerability to toxicity is one of those wild cards, I think. The pollution in the air, even if we're eating right, we're exercising, we're getting our sleep, you know if we're exposed to toxins that we're not even aware of, that seems to have an effect.
0: Yeah, I just read a study not that long ago. I think it was um, UC Davis did a, or was it UCLA? It was either UCLA or UC Davis. One of the two received a substantial grant to study uh, air pollution and Alzheimer's. Rudy Tanzi, he's one of the top researchers at Harvard. You know, he's his discoveries have been, I think, groundbreaking in what he's been able to find with the herpes virus, with microglia. um, You know, and he really believes that it's going to be a a cocktail concoction of what's going to cure this disease. You know, there's this belief that it's going to be some medication, but there's also a belief that it's going to be some natural elements
1: because the the disease is not a single it's not like you get a an alzheimer's bug and you get sick it's an incredibly complex disease so there are all kinds of factors is that the way you understand it
0: Yes, you can start developing symptoms 20 years before you actually start to see symptoms. So focus has been looking at early interventions. We know now that was another reason in the past, even in the early 2000s, when I was at UCSF and Stanford, you know, we're looking at people in the moderate to later stages and it's too late. We know now we need to capture it early.
1: Why is it too late?
0: there's too much amyloid. It's like, you know, it's like you're looking at this brain and it's just, it's got too much amyloid, too much tau that these medications that are designed to target them, it's too much. It's not able to get all of it because it's basically like you have all this atrophy in the brain already and you're not going to be able to save that. But we know the earlier, the more we can do about it.
1: Going back to Dr. Tanzi, Rudy Tanzi, when he talks about a cocktail approach. Does he include things like diet and behavioral stuff in that? Oh, absolutely. Okay.
0: Yeah, Rudy's like one of my champions. We're definitely eye-to-eye on, on our thinking in this disease. And um, he's a huge advocate on lifestyle. Yeah, let's be creative, eat right, exercise, get sleep, minute, limit your alcohol, get your apnea treated. You know, he's a, he's a right. champion of, of that.
1: I'm not as familiar with his work as I am with um, Dale Bredesen's work. He's at the Buck Institute in UCLA. He's been an Alzheimer's researcher for years. Um, I think he identified something like 36 metabolic uh, conditions that needed to be regulated and has found in some instances, he's the only person I've ever found who. Feels like he can actually reverse some Alzheimer's uh, disease Mm -hmm. uh, by regulating the the, the metabolic levels and retaining the body to homeostatic levels. But at the foundation, underneath all of those sort of uh, chemical and supplemental interventions is good lifestyle practices. Bottom line for both Angel and me is that drug interventions have been unsuccessful because they tend to look for a single cause, while dementia and Alzheimer's are complex and multifaceted diseases. As Angel pointed out, Dr. Rudy Tanzi and many others now believe that if drugs are ever to work, they will need to take a cocktail approach, with a mix of interventions that are tailored to the individual needs of each patient. And, at the foundation, are good behavioral and lifestyle practices that MindRamp organizes around the eight essential cogwheels of brain health. You can learn more about the MindRamp cogwheels of brain health by listening to our free podcast series, which is available on the podcast page of our website at mindramp.org. And, of course, our e-textbook, Strong Brains, Sharp Minds, reviews each cogwheel in depth, It's for sale at the store area of our website. The MindRamp mission is to use brain and mind science to help people live long and live well, what we call qualongevity, that is longevity plus quality of life. All of our podcasts and writings explore different aspects of how we go about promoting longevity and quality of life. MindRamp helps individuals and organizations ramp up their brain power by developing and implementing longevity Action Plans. Our workshops and training programs give you the tools you need to protect and strengthen your brain. And our group or individual coaching sessions help you manage your minds to optimize their potential for efficiency, ease, and creative productivity. So go to the website, check us out, and then click on one of the contact buttons to schedule a conversation with us. We'd love to explore how we can support your desire to ramp up the strength of your brain and the power of your mind. All right, that's it for now. Live long and live well.